48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. The police say a probe into a national security, top national security officer won't affect the work of the security division. The government plays down an AmCham survey which found that more than 40% of members want to leave the SAR and lawmakers approve a bill that will require all district councillors to swear allegiance to the government. Police Chief Chris Tang says the Force's Organised Crime and Triad Bureau will investigate the case of a top national security officer who's said to have visited an unlicensed massage parlour. Wendy Wong reports. The police officer caught up in the saga is Senior Assistant Commissioner Frederick Choi, who's Director of National Security. He has been placed on leave pending an investigation. Speaking to reporters, the police commissioner said he wouldn't disclose details of the case, but stressed that the force attaches great importance to the conduct of officers. Chris Tan said the police's organised crime and triad bureau would conduct a fair and comprehensive investigation into the alleged misconduct. Mr Tan also insisted work by the National Security Unit won't be affected. Of course, this incident will have um, um, effect um, on the overall um, um, situation of the police force. And I think the work of the National Security Department will not be affected by um, an investigation of an um, allegation of an individual officer. Because we are a team and we work as a team. And the overall work of the um, National Security Department will not be affected. Commenting on the case before the police chief's remarks, Icarus Wong from Civil Rights Observer called it embarrassing news for the force as it tries to regain public trust and improves its image. New People's Party lawmaker Regina Ip, who's a former security secretary, says putting the senior assistant commissioner on leave was the right call and the police are being transparent. I think this incident fully illustrates that every person is equal before the law irrespective of whether this person is a police officer or a member of the national security team. And uh, I'm confident that the the police will uh, take action in accordance with established criminal and disciplinary procedures. I think the, the fact that the police will act impartially in this case will reinforce confidence in the public service. Mr Choi first joined the force as an inspector in 1995. He's moved up the ranks and joined the National Security Unit on its formation last year. The Communist chief has shrugged off a survey by the American Chamber of Commerce, which says 42% of more than 320 members it recently surveyed were considering or had decided to leave Hong Kong within the next five years. More than a quarter say they would do so before the end of this year. Many of them say they're uncomfortable with the national security law. Responding to the study, Edward Yao insisted the city is still attractive for overseas firms. Majority of foreign firms still believe Hong Kong is the place for doing business, particularly with the open up of opportunity, be they coming from GBA, from Belt and Road Initiative, and also reasoning from the national policy in designating Hong Kong as a very important partner as China and also Chinese enterprises going out. Lawmakers have approved an oath-taking bill that will require district councillors to swear allegiance to the government in the coming weeks. Those refusing to do so or considered unpatriotic would be ousted and barred from running for five years. Under the new law, legislators and district councillors who took the oath can still be removed from office. They'll be suspended immediately and have their pay withheld as soon as the Justice Secretary initiates legal proceedings over alleged violations of the oath, and they'll be officially unseated if they're convicted. Speaking through an interpreter, Constitutional Affairs Minister Eric Chung said the government is still trying to finalise the oath-taking arrangements. 
the Home Affairs Bureau is looking into how the oath-taking requirement is to be uh, arranged. For example, whether they should take oaths individually or in batches and the dates and times of such an event. Our preliminary plan is for the Secretary for Home Affairs to seek authorization from the Chief Executive to be the oath administrator. Details will be set out as soon as possible. More than 20 district councillors have already resigned in recent months. Some of them blamed the oath. Others have been detained over national security charges or ousted because of protest-related convictions. Britain's Prime Minister Boris Johnson has confirmed in Parliament there will be a full public inquiry into the state's response to the coronavirus pandemic. Mr Johnson stressed that the demand to the inquiry must not be allowed to distract people on whom Britain depended to protect it from the virus, those in the health service or scientific advisers. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Back locally, Nethersole Hospital in Taipo says a 79-year-old patient has died a day after they found tissue in his throat. The hospital said the chronically ill patient had been in a stable condition after he was admitted on Friday until he had a cardiac arrest on early Monday morning. It was during resuscitation that medical workers found the tissue in his throat. His heartbeat was restored, but his condition worsened and he died yesterday. The chairman of the Hong Kong Sports Institute, Lam Tai Fai, has called on the government to consider purchasing the broadcasting rights to future Olympics after officials made the unprecedented decision to do so for the upcoming Tokyo Games. Here's Timmy Sung. When asked if the government should make the purchase regular, he said, I don't rule out it could become a regular arrangement, but it's better to make a review first to see if the five broadcasters will generate positive competition and if the productions are of quality or not. However, Mr. Lamb believed the TV stations will bid for the broadcasting rights again when the economy improves, as that will generate more advertisement revenue. His comments were echoed by Kenneth Falk, the vice president of the Sports Federation and Olympic Committee of Hong Kong. He told the same program that a review would be needed to see what is the best way forward for sports development, saying it's important to let more people know about the city's elite athletes. The Tokyo Games will be aired on TVB, World TV, Open TV, as well as pay channels Cable TV and Now TV, except government station RTHK. A police inspector has told an inquest looking into the death of a protester who fell from a shopping mall in 2019 that when he tried to approach the 35-year-old man, he pointed a half-exposed box cutter towards his own chin. Jimmy Choi reports. Marco Lone fell to the ground from a four-floor scaffolding structure at Pacific Place in Admiralty on June 15, 2019, as an anti-government protest took place in the area. Inspector Lone Yu Hei told the court that he had arrived at the construction site at the mall at around 4.30pm on the day in question. He said he had tried to speak from a distance to the protester, who was wearing a yellow raincoat and a mask at the time, but he didn't respond. And when he walked closer, Marco Leung pointed a box cutter with his blade half exposed towards his own chin, the officer said. The inspector said he then stopped moving forward and notified senior colleagues that the police negotiation team had to be called in. Before the negotiation unit arrived at the scene, the policeman said he attempted to start a conversation with the protester and repeatedly told him to leave the dangerous position he was in, but the man remained silent. He noted that Marco Lung's yellow raincoat had phrases written on it, including Carrie Lam kills Hong Kong and Black Corps abused their powers. 
The policeman said while he was at the scene, a handful of people requested to be allowed into the site to talk to Marco Lang, but the officer rejected the requests after consulting his colleagues, noting that those asking to be let in did not know the protester and seemed to be a bit emotional. When the negotiation unit arrived, the inspector left the site but remained on standby outside. He said at around 9.08 p.m., he heard a colleague telling Marco Lang not to crawl out of the scaffolding. Around 10 minutes later, he learned that the man had fallen to the ground. A foreman responsible for overseeing the construction site told the inquest that he arrived there at 3.30 p.m. that day after learning that someone had entered the site. The protester was standing still on the construction platform when he got there, the foreman said, adding that he got no response when he yelled out that the man should not be there. The foreman said he then informed the management of Pacific Place about the incident and asked workers to leave. He said he had stayed at the site for around five minutes and during that time the protester had not moved and had been very quiet. When asked whether he knew how Marco Lung had managed to enter the site, the foreman said he only heard from some workers afterwards that he had climbed into the construction platform near a planter at the far end of the floor, but he admitted that he just assumed that to be true and didn't look into the matter himself. Justice Johnson Lamb, a vice president of the Court of Appeal, is set to become a permanent judge of the city's top court, filling a position that's been vacant for the past four months. Richard Pine has details. Justice Johnson Lamb's appointment to the Court of Final Appeal is subject to Legislative Council approval and comes after Chief Executive Carrie Lamb accepted the recommendation put forward by the Judicial Officers' Recommendation Commission. The top court should have three permanent judges, but the elevation of Andrew Cheung to Chief Justice in January means only two of the three positions are currently filled. In a statement, Mrs Lamb praised Justice Lamb's expertise, in particular with handling public law and constitutional law cases. She also hailed the 59-year-old's experience in steering reforms to improve the administration of justice, saying he will be a great asset to the court. The decision was also welcomed by the Chief Justice. Justice Lamb's judicial career began in 2001 when he was appointed as a district judge and he has served in his current role as Vice President of the Court of Appeal since September 2013. The Court of Final Appeal comprises five judges, the Chief Justice, three permanent judges and a non-permanent Hong Kong or common law judge. Finance and the Monetary Authority says a new batch of inflation-linked bonds will be up for subscription from the 1st of next month. The new tranche of I-bonds will come with a guaranteed interest rate of 2% and a minimum subscription amount of $10,000. An executive director of the Monetary Authority, Clara Chan, says the issue amount has been set at $15 billion and it can be raised to $20 billion depending on demand. She expects a positive reception. I-bonds provide a safe and attractive investment option to the public. In the current low interest rate, as well as low inflation environment, and having regard to many uncertainties that we are facing, including those on pandemic development, economic recovery, as well as market conditions, we believe that the I-bond is a very high-quality investment option for the public. A prime commercial plot in Causeway Bay has been awarded to a joint venture by High Sand Development and Chinachem. The plot on Carolyn Hill Road fetched $19.8 billion, beating analysts' estimates. Other major developers also put in bids for the site, including Sunakai Properties, Sinoland, Wheelock and CK Asset. The plot can generate a maximum gross floor area of nearly 1.1 million square feet. It comes with requirements such as preserving existing trees and building a footbridge connecting High Sand-owned Lee Garden 6. 
Overseas, the Israeli military says it's killed several members of the military leadership of Hamas as the conflict in Gaza intensifies. Hamas says it launched 50 rockets towards Ashdod in Israel shortly after the Israeli announcement. The health ministry in Gaza now says that 53 people have been killed, including 14 children, since Monday. The BBC's Jeremy Bowen reports. The UN envoy in Jerusalem warned about the risks of this escalating into a full-scale war, and that is what seems to be happening. Israel and Hamas have both launched hundreds of strikes. Israel says it has killed senior Hamas commanders. Hamas says it's been approached by possible ceasefire mediators, including Egypt and Qatar, but implied Israel would need to move first. It is hard for diplomats to make breakthroughs while the conflict escalates and more people die, mostly so far on the Palestinian side. There's also been trouble in Israeli towns with mixed Jewish-Palestinian populations. Sport and European football's governing body UEFA has begun disciplinary proceedings against three clubs that haven't renounced a project to start a breakaway league, Real Madrid, Barcelona and Juventus. UEFA said it had appointed inspectors who would investigate whether the clubs had, had violated its legal framework. More details from the BBC's Danny Eberhard. The news underscores the rancour that remains after the announcement last month of the European Super League. It'll come as little surprise to Real Madrid, Barcelona and Juventus, who, unlike nine of the original 12 clubs that signed up, have stuck by it. UEFA hinted at such a move last week when it announced a series of measures agreed with the nine who'd pulled out within days following a fierce backlash. But what UEFA termed a spirit of reconciliation didn't come without a cost for the chastened nine. They apologised and agreed to financial payments and penalties for distribution to grassroots football. And Manchester City are celebrating their third English Premier League in four years. A 2-1 win by Leicester City over Manchester United means Pep Guardiola's side are crowned champions without having to play. City captain Fernandinho couldn't hide his delight as he spoke to the club's own TV channel. To be Premier League, Premier League champions against some, something special, you know. So I'm so glad and so happy. And uh, as a team captain... We guide the team, you know, in the right way to, to, to achieve this, this goal, this title. It's a huge achievement for us and uh, I'm so happy we are crowded as a Premier League champions again. And the EU has sharply raised its growth forecast for the Eurozone for this year and 2022. It expects a growth of more than 4% both years. The previous forecast was half a point lower. It says the improved outlook is the result of Europe's accelerating vaccination programme and its huge recovery plan. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. The police say a probe into a top national security officer won't affect the work of the security division. The government plays down an AmCham survey which found that more than 40% of members want to leave the SAR. And lawmakers approve a bill that will require all district councillors to swear allegiance to the government. The news from RTHK. This is the time.
time for you to take it easy. Forget all your problems, hmm? Ray Cordero here to entertain you until 1 a.m. Richard Clayderman, wonderful man at the piano. You're listening to our kind of music.
That's how long I'll go on giving you my heart. Two kids, four hearts, in a big house. 